This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Well, it's a special edition of the Adult in the Room podcast. How you doing? Victoria Taft here. And uh, every week we like to talk about the big ideas. We talk about big moves, uh, the idea behind what generates the news stories on an everyday basis. And so that's what we're doing here today. A couple of things that have happened in the news as we've sat and gotten ready to do this latest edition of the Adult in the Room podcast. One of which is, happened early this morning on the day that we're recording, and it was the death of Dianne Feinstein, the senator, the senior, very senior senator from California. And uh, another story that's hit the headlines, and usually I don't, I may have to devote an entire podcast to this arrest in the Tupac Shakur uh, killing back in, what was it, 1996, seven, something like that. So it's a lot, a lot of stuff going on today. And we were going to talk to a, a friend of ours about guns and that sort of thing today as well. And then he had to go off and immediately take an, take an airplane. So uh, it's left to me. And a couple of things that I've been writing about over at PJ Media have been about guns and what's going on on the West Coast, West Coast, as well as in New York, where there are just too many guns for, for them to, to uh, withstand. They will not tolerate uh, any rights. And the reason that they're doing this now, and of course, some of the stuff has been in the pipeline for a while, but the reason they're, they're doing this in a sort of a pile-on mode right now is not because of the Bruin decision. That's just an ancillary decision. They're really pissed off about the Dobbs decision. And you say, Victoria, well, why would they be upset about the Dobbs decision? That was an abortion decision. Well, it was so absolutely antithetical to what these people wanted. And they felt that there was a codification of abortion in the, in the, uh, um, the, the, the U.S. Constitution. And, and everyone knew from the inception, from the jump of that decision, that it was just utter nonsense. Like, wait, penumbras and emanations? Wait, what? We sort of, if we look and squint, we can find a right to have an abortion in, well, of course it was absurd. Everyone knew that. Uh, there were constitutional scholars who said it was really a dumb idea. Now, you may take issue with that, but now it's devolved back to the states, which is where it was before and where it should remain. And now different states are having different reactions to it. Now, we come up on the 2024 election season, and it's a crazy time, right? It is 
Uh, we're seeing all kinds of things that perhaps you've never even seen before. The pile-on on Donald Trump and all of those uh, lawsuits. We we find that there's a, you know this idea of the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and the weird pile-on by the Democrats. Please don't say anything. Talk blah, blah, blah over other Republicans trying to make points in uh, the special committee, which is overseeing the impeachment inquiry. So there's all of these things going on. And over all of it, with respect to self-defense and to your way of life, is the Bruin decision. And so the Republicans have been facing off with the Democrats. And by that, I mean the Democrats are a full-on super far-left party now. And so it really doesn't matter to them what the principle behind something is. And I know that's a big statement, but I will, I'll back it up. It only matters that they create chaos and say, whatever fomented a particular decision, we're going to go after that. So the Bruin, the Bruin decision is the second decision with which they have disagreed uh, from the U.S. Supreme Court. So now all of a sudden the target is the U.S. Supreme Court. Now all of a sudden the Bruin decision uh, writer, the person who authored the majority opinion on that, uh, Clarence Thomas is is uh, undergoing some ethical violations, and all of a sudden we're finding different uh, organizations going after him. And the organizations going after Clarence Thomas are the same organizations going after Donald Trump. And that, that they are the huge superstructure of organizations set up back, be, like right after Donald Trump was elected in 2016. And in 2017, David Brock... And all of his underlings, he's supported by, you know, George Soros and other billionaires. And what they came up with is an enhancement of the organizations with which they had always had uh, control, over which they always had control. Among them, uh, new named uh, organizations. There's Crew, and then there's uh, 65 Project, and there, which is another one of those projects that came as a result of the superstructure by the Democrats after Trump was elected. So they're using all these mechanisms, this lawfare, this is what it's called, because you conduct warfare through the use of the law. Example, we've had on John Eastman's lawyer, Harvey Silverglate. And on one level, of course, they're they're pulling all the levers to bring a case against John Eastman, but they're also uh, 65 projects going after him for uh, an ethics complaint at the California bar. And they're doing that to 65 of the lawyers who helped Donald Trump in the election uh, fight after the 2020 election. Okay, so you understand that this is there's a there's a reason for all of this and this latest gun battle. Uh, literally and figuratively, I, I say literally because people want to carry guns and they're not battling, they're just legally battling. Mm -hmm. They talk about lawfare, man. Anyway, so we come down to this. And this past few days in the state of California, we've had, or, or in the West Coast, Mest Coast entirely, we've had uh, a trial over gun rights and magazine bans, really magazine bans, and permit to purchase in the state of Oregon. The trial has occurred, and we're now awaiting a county judge's decision about that. You had New York announce that it's going to impose a tax on guns and ammo over and above what they already charge. California has announced a tax on guns and ammo and a proscription on where gun owners can conceal and carry. 
And in Washington state, there was a decision from a federal, and oh, sorry, let's go back to California. We also had a federal court decision, which will become the Rosetta Stone, uh, in addition to the Bruin decision on all things gun law coming up, because it was a smart decision. And that was from Judge Benitez. But anyway, so we've got that out of California, and then a federal court judge in Washington, who's had this case, Washington State, who's had this case for 10 months. Well, longer than that, because then she promised that she would have her decision on Washington State's ammo ban, you know, the magazine size ban. She said, oh, I'll have it Christmas 2022. TikTok, baby. So it comes out this week. It's announced this week. And among the, I mean, truly dumb things she had to say, uh, questions that were answered during the trial, but she said, well, you know, no one explained to me how an how a magazine is part of a gun. And, oh, well, you know, nobody explained it to me in court. Therefore, uh, this magazine ban is no big deal because it's really not part of a gun. I'm sorry, but if you believe that, then you need to get your head examined because it was always foreordained that all part and parcel of guns, uh, the bullets and the guns, are actually one unit. If you don't, if you have gun rights, but you don't have the right to ammo, you don't actually have a functioning gun. And this has been explained in the historicity that was given in the Bruin decision and the Benitez decision out of the uh, U.S. Uh, Circuit Court in just last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I guess it was last week in California, which is a masterpiece, chef's kiss of a decision. Go read that. Uh, you can read one of my stories about it. Uh, because it's really, it's a smart, as I say, it's a pretty smart decision. Okay, so you've got all of this stuff going on. Now, the Washington State chick, I mean, she's a, she's a federal court judge. All respect to the federal court bench. But I think to myself, what is she, the Fonnie Willis of the federal court bench? You know Fonnie. Atlanta. Trump. Oh, brother. So all of this is going on. This is These are not things that are separate and distinct from one another. They are all part of a miasma, a blob that is occurring in a lead up to a presidential campaign. So that's what's been going on. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk to a guy who actually sells gun safes. He does a million other things. Very fascinating individual. Bow Hunter, former TV host, uh, a bow hunting show, all that stuff. And we'll talk to him in the future. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk with him is because I want to find out how people who are so close to the gun industry, which he is, feel about or how they combat these decisions that are coming at a its rapid fire pace. I mean, you talk about a uh, you know, high intensity, uh, large capacity magazine. They're coming at, you know, they got 100 shots in there. But <laughs> It's, it's insane. One of the things that uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom, who wants to be your president, when uh, Joe Biden is finally hounded out of office by the Democrats, by the way, because they're they, have you have you been watching the impeachment inquiry? <laughs> Very interesting. Be that as it may, one of the really bizarro things that they decided to do uh, with this this uh, this gun tax is to, uh, of course, increase the, the tax on guns and ammo from what the federal government already has on this guns and ammo is 11 percent. 
and then tax on another 11%, so 22% surcharge, surcharge excise tax on guns and ammo like they do with gas. That's why one of the reasons why California gas is so expensive right now, I'm now talking fuel for your car, is uh, because they have so many county and state overlay taxes on it, excise taxes. And, you know, they're, they, they make more money on, the government makes more money on a gallon of gas than does the uh, energy companies. And they produce it. It's insane. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying you guys make a, I don't know, who knows, a buck 55 or buck 45 or something. It's just some really ridiculous places in California where you pay an excise tax, that gradations of excise taxes that are ladled on. And then you, they, oh, yeah, well, we want ours a little bit more, a little bit more. I mean, it's a lot. I did a story about it, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny. It's like these greedy oil exec. What greedy executives are making all this money on seven dollar gas, uh, California gas? And then I go through it and tell you who's making. And it's the government, of course. Naturally, the government is. But one of the things they want to do is they want to outlaw. They want to have outlaw guns. In. Uh, they want to outlaw guns from churches. They don't want you to conceal carry. They've proscribed under this law, signed into uh, signed into law by uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, Mr. Moderate. <laughs> okay. Is uh, to get rid of guns from schools to churches. Let me see if I can find, find the list because it's pretty funny. Anyway. Oh, banks. Zoos. You can't take it. You can't take it. You can't take a gun to a zoo, parks, playgrounds, amusement parks, public demonstrations. Okay. And the, the point of that is to, um, n the point of that is not to get rid of criminals with guns. It's to get rid of lawful people with guns who want to conceal and carry. In California, I mean, it was thrown out, but in California, they had a May issue situation. Well, you have to prove to us that you need a gun. So now instead, that's been blo you know blown up with Bruin and that sort of thing. The, sh the May issue was... And what happened as a result was they've, they've now taken to saying, well, you can't carry a gun here, you can't carry a gun there. Um, I don't know about you, but I go to church and I pray that, uh, well, I pray a lot, but uh, I pray to God of thanks and thanks that there are people in my church with guns because Christians are one of the top uh, victims of people of faith are one of the top victims of people in gun violence. I mean, uh, you know, remember the, was it Nashville, the trans person who was a girl who was trying to become a boy. So she was hepped up on all kinds of testosterone. And then she wrote a manifesto. And then she went in to a very soft target, went to another target first. And uh, they had security guards with guns. And or did they have guns? Doesn't matter. They had security guards. And then she went to her old school. Went, well, you know, this is my secondary target. I'll do that. So we know we still don't know why she did it. We have no idea why this person did that because we, they will not reveal her manifesto. The one that we were told, oh, yeah, TikTok, we're going to have that. Within days, the FBI gets it and they go, oh, hell no. We're not going to tell you what happened because it's going to be anti-Christian, anti-this. I mean, it's going to make the left look even crazier than it does. Come on. It's true. It's true. I mean, there's some crazy people on the right, too. Maybe you think I'm one of those persons, but you would be wrong. Although you keep at it, and I may, I may get crazier. Who knows? Anyway, these are the places where you want to have guns. You want to have guns in schools. 
I'm not talking underage people who are not on a, lawfully allowed to have a gun. I'm talking like, you know, security officers, cops that they put in some of these troubled schools. You can't tell me in the that in the demonstra demonstrations, you know, the riots, you know, the riots, the 2020 riots, the summer of love. Dude, all those Antifa dudes are are totally strapped. And, and you know, the anarchists, they're strapped. And you're they gunned down a guy. You remember this? The, the Michael Rennell took a gun and point blank shot a person who is a Trump supporter dead in the streets of Portland. I bet you don't remember that one. He was strapped. That 100% Antifa guy. So uh, I'm not saying that, you know, it's always, there are people all over the place. You think they're going to go after Antifa for having guns? No. Did they go after Antifa before for rioting and putting lasers and shooting lasers in the eyes of police officers and sending up, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of smoke bombs and other kinds of, uh, you know, things that they threw at the cops and using the weapons they did? No. They're not going to come out. They didn't come after them then. If they went after anybody in Antifa, and there were a very infinitesimal number of people they did, and, uh, you know, it had to have been when they were photographed by the cops beating up an officer or assaulting an officer, which they should be arrested for. And that counts for all the January 6th people. You know, the... 300 plus riots in the, on the left and the one riot on the right, which is looking ever more suspect. Nevertheless, I'm not going to go there because I want to get Julie Kelly on. We're going to talk about that. Because, but so they want to eliminate guns from these areas. And what that does is, and when you're eliminating from school schools, when you eliminate them from uh, churches, it makes them a soft target. As John Lott will tell you, in every single, every single one of these mass shootings, they leave behind, the bad guy shooter leaves behind a manifesto. That's why it's so unusual that we don't have the Nashville Killers manifesto, because we usually get them one way or the other. He's read them all. He has read them all, and almost invariably to a one. They have very carefully, painstakingly picked out targets. And if that, or or mention in their manifesto, hey, I was going to go after this target, but they have uh, armed security guards. And so I want to kill as many people before I die. So I just decided not to go there. And I went over here. Everyone, or close to it. So what, leaving people in a church school, whatever, unarmed is the wrong way to go because it invites this chaos and violence. You know what they say? An armed society is a polite society. And so as we go along, we're looking forward to uh, the decision in the California decision, the federal court, Judge Benita's decision has now been appealed to um, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And, that, you know, it's almost, it's insulting. Not because they appealed it to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, but because they 
appealed it to the Ninth Circuit of Court of Appeals. This is the third time. It's like, stop wasting our money. Okay? You've been slapped down, go on bonk, get and and then uh you get you get approved. Okay, you get approved. Woo! And then you get slapped down again because it was vacated by the US Supreme Court. Now they're they're going back to the to the Ninth Circuit. I mean, stop wasting our money. They, you know, here's the thing. The prosecutors, all those guys, they're playing with house money. They have other people's money they're using to try to bleed dry the gun rights crowd. Gun gun rights people are nice people. Okay? These are the people who are keeping our country safe. I would rather have somebody walk into a restaurant I I prefer open carry. Why not? Right? And um so they keep they keep things safe. When you know people can shoot back, Lauren Bobert's place, Shooters, where they had open carry, all their waitresses open carried. <laughs> Whatever you feel about her. You know, you got to appreciate it. She never got robbed. I mean, all these Target stores and all of the CVS stores and other kinds of pharmacies that are leaving the likes of Portland and Seattle and San Francisco. Why are they doing that? Because A, they can't shoot back. Not that they could shoot a looter. Well, man, I don't know. They used to have, they used to be able to shoot looters. If you changed the state law and you said, okay, uh, the security guards who are strapped can shoot looters now, I bet you you would stop looting. All it takes is once. Just change the law. <laughs> they won't. They won't. But if you could, if, you, if people knew there was somebody with a gun there, I bet you they would think twice about doing it. I do. I do. I do. And now that all, you know, churches, there have been church shootings and that sort of thing. Now that um, there are people standing around patrolling and inside the church with guns, people, people leave them alone. There's a reason for that. So you leave all these soft targets of these birds and get their way, these uh, anti-gun people. So, okay, so I was giving you a status update. So we have the situation where it's going to the Ninth Supreme or Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the circus in uh, California. That's that's going to go to the that's going to go back up to um, the Supreme Court because they they're, they're just going to have to say, uh, look, guys, newsflash, these are permit to purchase. Uh, all these other things that constraints you've put on gun ownership, you don't have to do those with other laws or other rights in the Bill of Rights. Yeah, First Amendment, time, place, and manner. You can't you can't have a demonstration in the middle of the night. Well, I suppose you could, but that would probably be a bad idea. So they they like to constrain it a little bit. Well, what did they do? They let Antifa run wild. I mean, how many rights did they have? Uh, did they suffer from that were taken away from them? Like zero, okay? Uh, but, oh boy, if if uh, you brought a gun, if you're somebody on the right and you brought a gun, I mean, they went after, oh, well, I could go on. There's a rooftop thing and there are a bunch of people with guns, that sort of thing. Because you can, you can conceal carry as well as open carry in Oregon. So anyway, so we've got that, we've got that case. We've got the Washington State case, which will be obviously appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and or 
straight up to the United States uh, Supreme Court after they'll probably consolidate these cases. And then there was this absolutely ridiculous one from Measure 114, a federal court decision, uh, another person trying desperately to vie for the Fonnie Willis uh, judge of the you know, law person of the week, uh, which was an inane decision as well. I mean, and then the Washington state lady. So they're going to probably, hopefully consolidate these cases and and go right back up to the appeals process in federal court. And um, so that's what's going to happen. But in the meantime, for example, in Oregon, what happens? Well, these people are been told by the Sheriff's Association, you know, the sheriffs have uh, advised the other sheriffs in, in all, thir- I think, 36 counties in Oregon that, hey, by the way, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Sure, yeah, the Harney County judge is vacated, or not vacated, but uh, allowed an injunction, so a stay, rather, so that this law, uh, uh, magazine ban and all that stuff, permit to purchase and all that stuff, um, doesn't go into effect. But if that, in the meantime, we've got to figure out how we're going to, you know, play this game. And so... Background checks, FBI background checks are almost non-existent right now. So people who have, uh, who've purchased guns, who want to get their background checks, which they have to do through NICS, uh, they're, they're not doing any right now. So their ability to buy a gun and get the necessary background checks so that they can conceal carry are almost non-existent in the state of Oregon now. This is the game. It's the slow roll game that they're playing along the West Coast and West Coast. Now, even I've even heard out of uh, New York State where they're talking about a, an additional tax. You know what's going on? So I, I read the story today. I was like, even Clarence Thomas, you know, as I mentioned, the Supreme Court uh, justice who penned the Bruin decision is thinking in some form or fashion, I don't even I've never even seen this, to to a- appeal that decision. Now, that is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. In fact, I wonder if I've got it here. Well, be that as it may. We'll have to pick it up on another edition of the Adult in the Room podcast. So those are my rantings today, generally speaking. I don't do a lot of those. I like to talk to people who have big ideas and we can sort of suss those out. And so this was the big idea this week. There's been a lot a lot going on. I encourage you to watch my work over at PJ Media. Um, des- and by all means, get on my West Coast, Mest Coast email list and uh, continue to follow me on RSS feed. So, but one thing, no, actually two. Told you that Diane Feinstein died today. And the three people, this is the day we're recording, the three people, it looks like vying for her seat Uh, Because Gavin Newsom has said, and that's the governor of California, said, well, I'm going to name a black woman as the next senator from California. Okay, fine. That leaves like Barbara Lee. (laughs) And she's the one, she's from, uh, she's from um, Oakland and she's a congresswoman. And so she's got the most experience in Washington, D.C. She won't even have to like leave her apartment or anything. She'll just, you know, do that. Uh, But there are other people who have who thought, well, wait a minute, why not me? There's Adam Schiff, the man who helped single-handedly lead the House through the Russian collusion scam, saying, I have evidence. In my hand, I have evidence. I have evidence, news media. And they let him get away with it for years. And guess what? Adam Schiff didn't have evidence. And if he'd been an active uh, person in the California State Bar, he could have been disbarred for his outrageous unethical behavior in that. In fact, I hope, I think somebody did actually 
uh, put a bar uh, complaint on them. But no, they're too busy going after John Eastman. They have no time for that. Um, the other story, oh no, the, I was going to tell you the other people. The other people that are vying for it, Katie Porter, who's a climate catastrophist and horrible mother. Uh, there is an Adam Schiff, Katie, and then there's Scott Weiner, who's a state senator, who's uh, Mr. No Parental Rights, I Dress Up in Leather, Live in the Castro, and uh, there's absolutely should be no uh, constraints on child sex. So there you go. Bunch of winners! Bunch of winners. And, and I'm sure more will come out on this, but finally, finally, one of the last living witnesses, I read here, one of the last living witnesses to fatal drive-by shooting of Tupac Shakur, arrested in Vegas. What? He said in his book that Dwayne, I think it's Kefde, it's K-F-F-E. Sorry, I didn't know. I've never heard of Kefde. I think it's Kefde. And so Kefde Davis, Dwayne Davis, arrested while on a stroll this morning in Vegas. And um, yeah, they've been looking at him as a suspect. For, um, he's been a suspect. He made himself a suspect. And because he said he was in the, the car that was uh, where the gunman shot. And he so I think this is the guy who Kenny told me he sold out his nephew after his nephew uh, uh, died in another gang-related shooting or something like that. Well, anyway, so he's been uh, arrested and being held without bail because I guess you can do that now. You can you can hold people without bail. See, that wouldn't that wouldn't doing that on the West Coast. Of course, this is Nevada. The charges were revealed hours after Davis, who's now 60 and old enough to know better, by the way, was arrested while on a walk near his home. He'd been long known to investigators and admitted in interviews and in his 2019 tell-all memoir. That he was in the Cadillac from which the gunfire erupted during the 1996 drive-by shooting. Uh, Shakur was 25 when he was killed. Okay. His mother's still, isn't Shakur's mom still in Cuba hiding you from the law? Yeah, he comes from a long line of, well, radicals. Let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Police were looking when they raided his home. They were looking for items concerning the murder of Tupac Shakur. They collected multiple computers, a cell phone and hard drive, a Vibe magazine that featured Shakur, several, several 40 cal bullets, two tubs containing photographs, and a copy of Davis's memoir, like they couldn't go buy it themselves. Anyway, so maybe it's the solution to the Tupac Shakur mystery. Who knows? Or maybe it'll spawn more and more conspiracy theories and real theories about who killed the famous rapper. Oh, well. And now stick around for my conversation with Jay Christian Adams, an election expert. Here's a guy who's been suing for election integrity for years, runs the only nonprofit that does that in the United States of America. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast and uh, delighted to be with you today. We're about a year away from the 2024 presidential election. And the question I have is, are we ready? Have we all the laws that were changed before the 2020 election, have all those laws been changed back? Uh, a lot of questions about that. Are key issues litigated? I mean, that's a great question because some of them were not following the 2020 election. Heard a lot of complaints about that. Are tech oligarchs paying for using local election offices as turnout machines for Democrats like in 2020? And, well, looking into all of that is the Public Interest Legal Foundation, the only legal foundation dedicated to election integrity. Its president is Jay Christian Adams, a friend of the program who's been on before, and uh, he is the founder, general counsel, and who is also the member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. He's one of many members on that board, that august government board. And, well, Christian, thanks so much for coming back. Thanks for having me. Woo! Are we ready for the 2024 election, integrity-wise? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, yes. Uh, I think most states do a good job. The ones we're worried about are the ones that matter that don't do a good job. I would put places like Michigan on the top of that list. We've been litigating against Michigan now for years. They don't want to clean up their voter rolls of dead voters. They fight tooth and nail to do that. Uh, other problem states, a lot of times Wisconsin doesn't follow their own laws Pennsylvania has issues. Uh, they're still litigating against us, too. And I think, though, in places like Florida, uh, you have really good news. Places like West Virginia that used to be one of the cesspools of elections uh, has got a really good situation there. So it depends on where we're talking about, whether or not we're ready. Okay. Well, let's take Michigan as an example. No, let's take Pennsylvania as an example. There were so many shenanigans prior to the 2020 election that I just wonder if that place could ever be cleaned up. And they're uh, they're giving you the old Heisman in any attempt to clean it up. So, I mean, is that just going to be a turnout machine for the Democrats in 2024 or what's going on there? Well, of course, Philadelphia always is. Uh, look, Pennsylvania, just real quick. For decades, they were allowing non-citizens to get on their voter rolls. We first reported this like in 17. We broke this story. Uh, a secretary of state lost her job in Pennsylvania over this. We fought a lawsuit to get the records under the motor voter law that gives us access to public list maintenance records. We're still fighting them. We won summary judgment in court that they have to turn over the records of alien registration that they allowed to happen. We won in federal court summary judgment. They decided to appeal to the Third Circuit. So, Victoria, it gives you a sense of how much they will fight, how many tax dollars they will spend to hide the facts about how many aliens are registering and what they did to get them off the rolls. So Pennsylvania is a serious problem. You have a radicalized governor. Uh, you have a a, a turncoat director of elections for the state by the name of Al Schmidt, who used to think he was a Republican, and now he's he's just crossed over. Uh, and so you've got a lot of bad things in Pennsylvania that I don't think there's a solution for. That's the other part of the story. Nothing's going to change between now and next fall. 
Uh, because I mean, you won is you won summary judgment, and they then they appealed. I mean, that's pretty extraordinary. I mean, they really don't want you to get a look at their voter rolls. You have fought tooth and nail to get a look at other states' voter rolls in over the oh, excuse me over the past couple of years. Excuse me, and uh, what's really interesting is that you you got some help from the DOJ on that, and there have been other things on which you've gotten a little help from the unlikeliest of sources at this point in time. Yeah, great case in Maine. Uh, Maine is going, or they appealed too. We're going to have arguments October 5th in Boston. Uh, the voter rolls are public records, and courts have ruled that way in Illinois and in Maryland and in Maine. Uh, not only are the voter rolls public records under the federal motor voter law, NVRA, uh, Maine passed a law in the legislature when they when they lost our case to penalize you for speaking about the records. In other words, if you determine that someone's registered to vote in Maine and in Florida and you talk about it, they can fine you. And so this is now before the First Circuit Court of Appeals, the United States First Circuit Court of Appeals. Maine is defending both their ability to impose fines on citizens for speaking about problems where they discover Maine officials aren't doing their job, right, where they're not doing what the law says they're supposed to do, but also uh, to not give up the voter rolls in the first place. That's a real argument in a real federal court of appeals uh, Thursday uh, uh, after next. Well, uh, we'll be watching, obviously. That is insane. So they don't want you to get a look at their voter rolls, and they don't want you to even speak about how crappy their voter rolls are, or else you'll, they'll do to you what, or whomever what they did to Trump. You can't talk. you got a gag order. Um, can I just ask you briefly, is that election interference that they're doing to Trump? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, it, it, it's a sophisticated type of election interference um, where you basically look at a target and come up with as many different theories and causes of action, or I should say charges against that person uh, in a way. I mean, it, it, it's it's sort of thing we didn't really ever have happen in this country before. Um, there are other, I mean, that's extraordinary. We do use it as a topic quite a bit, so we don't need to go too much into it, but I just wanted to get your take on whether or not you believe that to be uh, voter interference and election interference. Uh, Harvey Silverglade on this program called it uh, candidate interference. <laughs> interfering with somebody to even get on the ballot, uh, having to do with the 14th Amendment argument that crew pulled out of its hat and its uh, 65 Project has been busily um, suing lawyers. Have you been sued by 65 Project yet by any chance? Uh, no, because I, I um, <clears throat> no, that crowd, uh, they don't, they don't uh, fool with me. You know, you mentioned the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment, and Hans von Sikowski at Heritage has written about this, the 14th Amendment is the only part of the Constitution that had within it a self-repealing mechanism that nobody's talking about for some reason, except for Hans, that said Congress may repeal by two-thirds vote this provision. And they did so twice. So this 14th Amendment bar, alleged bar to the ballot, was repealed by Congress two times, like 1880 and 1889. The second time it was repealed in its broadest form was because we were at war with Spain. 
And the army wanted one of the old Confederate generals to get a position. He was one of the last remaining people who knew how to do a cavalry charge. And so they repealed the entire insurrection clause entirely in 1898. So the law is not even part of the Constitution anymore. But somehow that's been completely overlooked by every single person who's written about it except for Hans. Well, I guess I'll have to write about it. There you I mean, go. If you don't for PJ Media, I guess I might. <laughs> I, uh, I highly recommend uh, Christian Adams' pieces with Hans on the issues of what they're teaching in the nation's law schools. It will curl your hair. Um, and let's just say that uh, that uh, critical race theory is much more popular than learning how to be an attorney in business, as, uh, Han- or as uh, uh, Christian said in his recent column in PJ Media. So I commend that to your reading. Uh, your organization says there are still 18 states that allow people to vote after Election Day. What what happened to Election Day? Yeah, that's a good question. Talk about Congress again. Congress passed a law that said we have a single Election Day. And we're litigating in North Dakota to try to get some clarity what that means. Are you allowed to accept ballots for two weeks after the congressional election day or not? And, you know, the courts have already decided before election day that you can have early voting uh, and so forth. There is a quirky case out of Louisiana called Foster where Louisiana tried to do their election, uh, wrap it all up by like October 15th or something. And the court said, no, 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 it has to go until Election Day. You can't you can't move it earlier, just like you can't move it later. So that's uh, we'll see what happens in North Dakota. Uh, Judicial Watch, unfortunately, lost a similar case in Illinois uh, that is uh, that tried to get some clarity on this. And we're following in behind them with their help and trying to get some uh, positive ruling about Election Day should mean Election Day. Yeah. I mean, will there ever again be an election day? Currently, the Brookings Institution has come out with a report saying, gosh, you know, they're they're trying to just keep it on election day. Well, that's that ship sailed. We ought not do that. And it's just astonishing how they quickly they just pivoted. Well, election day. What's that? And one of the things that your people put in a um, a brief, uh, which was it uh, North Dakota, I want to say it was the North Dakota North Dakota case in which they said, you know, people in North Dakota took an oath to follow the Constitution, and that oath was the U.S. Constitution and the North Dakota Constitution. Does that dog even hunt anymore in this day and age? Yeah, we won a case in Delaware uh, recently, last October, where the Delaware Supreme Court struck down entirely mail voting and struck down entirely same-day voter registration and our client had standing because he took an oath to follow the Delaware Constitution that doesn't allow same-day voting and mail voting or follow the statutes that do allow it. And he said to the court, I've got to know the answer. I'm an election official. Which is it? And the court said he had standing because of this oath and it ruled in favor of the Constitution of Delaware and said, you can't have mail voting in Delaware. So um, you can still win these cases. Mm, well, huh. there used to be a hint of a difference between absentee ballots and what we've now come to know as mail-in ballots. I think there should be, there is actually a, there used to be a huge difference. Now they're just being referred to all of these mail ballots as, well, they're absentee ballots. There's no difference. But yet there is, because in an ba- absentee ballot, you had to actually supply 
identification that you're actually that person. How is that moving toward as we move toward the 2024 election? How is that going? Yeah, some states like Georgia, for example, have enacted a rule that uh, after 2020 that mail ballots have to have like voter ID. They have to have some kind of number or something else to identify the person to protect the voter. And in fact, other states have adopted something similar. Of course, they're getting sued over it, but nonetheless, they've they've improved. Um, Mail votes and absentee votes traditionally are two different things. Absentee was like, you know, you were out of out of town that day, you were sick, you're in the hospital. So you vote uh, absentee. Mail is just opening it up to the mail like Nevada has done. A very bad state because all the mail ballots are sent out automatically. You don't even have to request it. Everybody on the voter rolls gets mm-hmm. a ballot. It's the worst possible way to run an election, but that's what Nevada's doing. Do you worry about voter counting shenanigans in the 2024 election? I mean, you're one of the guys who stands up and says, oh, come on, there was no wholesale cheating in the 2020 election. But there sure were a lot of shenanigans, and here's how we can fix them. Now, looking toward, as we just talked about, 2024 election, uh, you know, Arizona's still a mess. Pennsylvania's still a mess. Two really difficult states in the last election. How do we sit in anticipation of 2024. Yeah, the danger, what happened in 2020 is characterized by is they made everything legal that used to be illegal. And so, you know, it's, if you like Nevada, Nevada just mailed out all these ballots without an act of the legislature. Uh, Western District of Virginia federal court uh, got rid of the state signature requirement for mail voting. And I can go down a list of like 50 instances of courts just ignoring what the law was in 2020. That's where the election was uh, full of of rigging, is just ignoring the law. Um, You didn't need an organized effort to steal the election. It was more sophisticated than that. I wish it was only an organized effort. But what happened was, was the intersection of culture and the intersection of suspension of the rules. Those two things mixed together to give us 2020. It wasn't some mysterious dark force uh, controlling machines from Italy. It was the intersection of culture and suspension of the rules that swung that election. And then you mentioned billionaire money. That too, it turned cities like Philadelphia into turnout machines using private money from Mark Zuckerberg and and all of these groups uh, to, to change the outcome. You didn't have to have organized fraud. You just made fraud legal. And that's what happened in courts all over the country. Yeah, boy, that election infection really got to us. I wonder if they'll try to bring back uh, and get the old band back together. I don't know. Right. It's pretty frightening. Reunify Uh, the band. Yeah, right. And Um, and lead singer is Mr. Fauci. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, Kristen, I know we don't have a lot of time with you. want to thank you very much for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. Hope we can do it again soon. I will. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. 
Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.